But it is RJLA family. Happy New Year! I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call at radiojustice.org for something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today on Conversation Piece, we have Students Deserve, a grassroots coalition of students, parents, and teachers fighting for justice in education and beyond. As our guests, we have parent leader Khalid Al-Amin and student leaders Marche Doss and Justin Scott Jr. They will be giving us a parent and student perspective of 2018 highlights, such as the December 15th protest against Los Angeles Unified School District with the impending United Teachers Los Angeles strike schedule for January 10th, looking at ending random school searches, and the 2019 outlook for students deserve, including the Youth Leadership Institute on January 4th. And we also will take a look at their own future goals. Note this. These two students on Conversation Peace are not only giving a viewpoint, but an actual account as participants in the student-led movement. Hashtag end random searches. Hashtag students not suspects. Hashtag here to learn. Welcome to Conversation Peace. We'll be right back. Off the bat, I attack. Word to Bruce Wayne. I spit crack and I stay strapped. Don't need a shoestring, but don't confuse things. The good shepherd gave me a new frame. I'm on so you can see that I'm different. That's where the two chains fool. But I'm still the same OG. I stay low key with more sauce than AOLE. I pay cold lead when blessings start to rain on me. And catch a lot of chips and guac a mole Ooh. That's monetary blessings for you slow people My flow a monastery for them extra cold people That don't get commentary and get honored ready For the guava jelly they produce even though they get thrown fecal Mad dog on a platter made by they oppressor I shatter all the chatter that seem to make us lesser Than anybody that put on they draw the same way I do Them could be motley the way I get it rocking with my crew But it ain't, my name Tobit Chuku Which means praise God, but just like face mob I knew too well Welcome to Conversation Peace you guys Brother Khalid, Marche, and Justin Thank you so much for having us. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, so I know that for 2018, I was looking on you guys' um, Facebook page, that 2018, Students Deserves, you guys had your most successful year in the history of your student-led movements. Congratulations. Thank you, thank Thank you, you, thank you. Now, before we get started, let me just have you guys introduce yourselves so that, you know, I, I believe everybody on Conversation Peace remembers Brother Kali because this is your fourth time here with us. But why don't you um, introduce yourself and then introduce the students? Hello, everybody out there in Radio Justice LA uh, community, family. Just wanted to let you know I love being here on Radio Justice. And again, I'm here with two powerful students from Students Deserve. Justin and Marche, and I'm going to let them go ahead and give you just a little background of who they are and why they're so powerful. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Justin Scott. I am a senior at Hamilton High School. Um, I'm an artist. I am a community organizer and activist. And um, this is my second year with Students Deserve. Um, 
I've been in work like this uh, since around middle school or so. Um, kind of got into activism through the Freddie Gray situation in Baltimore um, because that's where I'm from. Um, but yeah, Students Deserve has uh, been an amazing organization. We have accomplished a lot of great things over the past uh, couple of years, and I'm very, very happy with our progress. Hello, everyone. My name is Marche Doss. I'm a senior at Dorsey High School. I got in, This is my second year at Students Deserve. I got involved with Students Deserve um, after I found out that being searched isn't at all random, and it's something that really touched my heart knowing that I have a, a younger sibling behind me who will be soon in high school as well, and she'll have to go through this. It's why I fight so hard to make sure that no student is treated like this. It's why this um, issue really touches home. So, yeah. Okay, now, since we're, you know, we let, let's start with um, the, the random searches. Have either one of you guys been randomly searched in school? Yes, I was um, actually moving here about two and a half years ago. Um, I was going to a new school and I was supposed to be in all AP and honors classes. Uh, but due to the overwhelming class sizes, um, the honors class was full uh, for English and I had to take a regular honors class for a semester. And like the second week of that class, uh, we had a random search and it was unlike anything that I had ever witnessed beforehand because um, I'm from Baltimore. So on uh, any day we would get a search, but it, it was like a search with probable cause. It wasn't just like random. They wouldn't just pop up like you would have some sort of precursor to your search um, in, in Baltimore in Baltimore. Um, and so when I saw that they were just searching people every day um, and then they decided to search my classroom that day, I was shook. It, it, even though searches were something that were kind of normal for me, I knew that this feeling shouldn't be normal. And um, the way in which they were going about the searches were very abnormal and um, that they selected particular students. There was no set pr protocol in um what students would be selected and uh it just made me feel terrible and i didn't even do anything i was just in class so uh that was the first time that i, I got randomly searched i didn't even get searched but i, I saw people getting searched and it, it just it really messed me up in the head so yeah and how many times have you experienced that while at hamilton high school twice which is um i've only experienced these searches twice which is actually pretty rare because um i'm in mostly honors i'm in all honors and ap classes um and uh random searches disproportionately target um regular classes and classes with larger black brown and muslim populations um so i don't really witness those on the day to day but i am very active in school and i'm a school leader so i hear about them all the time and marche so yes i have been searched but the time that really traumatized me wasn't when it wasn't my first time being searched because i've been searched in middle school just by the area i went to i went to um, um Adabon middle school 
So uh, we got searched a lot up there and I thought that it was normal. And I came to Dorsey and I got searched. But the second time that I got searched at Dorsey was when it really hit me. It was when I was sitting in my classroom and they came in, they interrupted us and they pulled me and two of my friends out and a few other students that I didn't know. And when she was searching me, this person took out um, my hand sanitizer and they told me that they were taking it away. And I was wondering, like, I asked, like, why are you taking my hand sanitizer away? Like, I use this for my hands and we don't have, like, soap in our bathrooms. Like, it's really rare for us to have, like, soap and tissue and it's, like, it's really terrible. But so I used to keep hand sanitizer on me and she said no because I know that you're going to sniff it. I know your type. And so that's when it really hit me, like, so what's my type? Like, what's happening? Like, what what is my type is it because i go to dorsey is it because i live in this neighborhood is it because i look ghetto i'm loud like what's my type so that's when it really hit me and then i started to get involved with students deserve work through my teacher my history teacher and so he really helped show me that this wasn't normal and in that just basically what has been happening to me my whole life was like just me being mistreated and it wasn't something that I want my sister to go through or anybody else to go through so I really fight super duper hard just so that I can we as people can get this to end how many times have you been search going from Audubon all the way to Dorsey Oof. <laughs> that's a number um or if you can just guess 10 times um I was searched once in sixth grade, twice in seventh grade, once in eighth grade, and three times at Dorsey. So seven, seven, seven eight times. times. Seven times. And every time they search you, so we know one time they took your hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. Have they taken anything else from those other searches from you? Um, so not anything that was like no weapons uh, yeah no weapons i mean i've gotten like sharpies taken from me i've gotten white out taken from me i've got like basic school supplies school supplies taken from me but the only reason why this search hit home was because i actually got like a, a reason out of it and before they were just like oh you're not supposed to have this on campus but there's not a rule that says you can't have hand sanitizer on campus so right it was something that i was kind of like wait why are you taking this from me Right. Now, and so who, who did the search? Who, who does the searches at, at your school? And, and, and I'm really more intrigued with your story, Marche, because, <laughs> you know, because she said, I know your type. And, you know, but I don't know, was it a female? Was it a male? Was it a counselor? Was it a, um, somebody subcontracted from, the, from outside of the school? Okay, so it was. It happened twice, but um, there was, like, multiple people that were around there. It was two females and a male who were, um, like, all around doing the searches and stuff. Um, I don't understand why they need that many people either, but it's, I guess it's supposed to be intimidating. But um, So it was three of them. It was two girls and one guy. And um, what was the other thing that you asked me? No, were they are they um, oh, school personnel? Um, I don't know what you would call them. They're, like, school security. Oh, they're school security. So, so they use school security. They use school, school security at Hamilton also? Yeah, they use school security guards, yeah. Not the police, but, but the security guards. Yeah. Or sometimes administrators come too, um, people who you're supposed to trust on campus. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
um, one time after we had a, a meeting with McKenna, after he showed up to our school, they called me personally by my name when I walked through the front door to search me. Wow. They like they literally had someone like one of the security guards from the front, like, oh, Miss Doss, go to this room so that I can get searched. And it was after I had a meeting with Dr. George McKenna. So, so it it sounds like harassment to me. But I'm yeah you know, I I have so many different things <laughs> that I want to say. <laughs> But this is only an hour show, and we have other things that, that we most definitely want to highlight from Students Deserve. However, this is not sitting well with me at all. It never had when um, Brother Khalid first um, um, brought this, this activity um, to, to Conversation Peace um, back in 2017, in November 2017. And um, off air, you know, we were talking before we, we started recording how I saw one of your videos when you guys did a demonstration down at Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica where you um, reenacted a random um, search where it was, a you know, a group of you guys standing there and someone was um, acting as the teacher saying, okay, this is, you know, just regular teacher stuff, mm-hmm. class time. This is your homework assignment, turning your homework, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then people walk into the classroom and say, this is a, this is a school search. This is a class search. And then they told you to put your hands on your desk. I was thrown away. I don't know what I thought a random search looked like. And I don't know if anybody listening to Conversation Peace right now has experienced a random search or if your child has or, or anybody that you know, but imagine that you are in your workplace, that you are at your office, you are at your cubicle, and somebody comes in and tells you to put your hands on your desk, and this happens randomly at your workplace. Wouldn't you be outraged? So now this is happening to our children, and people are coming in, in there and telling them to put their hands on, on, on their desk. And then it goes further than that in the demonstration that you guys did at Third Street Promenade, where they, t- you know, then start to pick out students that they want to come up and, and then they go through the contents of their backpacks and of their purses. And one of the examples that you guys did was the, the hand sanitizer because somebody thought, okay, you're just going to drink it because of the alcohol content in it. This is, this is ridiculous. What, so you had a meeting with, with um, McKenna. What did he say? McKenna, he's a board member. Um, well, we, he had a meeting with Students Deserve chapter at Dorsey um, because of the school board meeting that we had previous with him. And... Um, he had came down to our schools. I think he was supposed to go to Hamilton, right? See, that that was the problem. After I spoke, um, after after Students Deserve spoke at the school board meeting in September, uh, he pulled me inside and said that um, we were going to meet. Um, this is something that he really cared about uh, and all that type of stuff because Hamilton is a school that's in his district as he's responsible for. And a a big problem with um, the board is that they see this as a Dorsey issue. 
they see random searches and the effect of random searches as a Dorsey issue. They don't see it as a larger LAUSD problem. Um, but that's mostly because they try to demonize Dorsey. They try to make Dorsey look like a terrible school, um, primarily because it is majority black. So, yeah, he was supposed to meet with Hamilton. Um, uh, I gave him my information. Uh, I heard, I've heard nothing from him. Um, he has not tried to contact me in any way. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what happened with McKenna as far as me. Yeah. And so he was supposed to go to Hamilton, but instead he came to Dorsey and he set up a meeting and he was like, I said, I told you guys I would set up a meeting with you, but he didn't say that for Dorsey. He said it for Hamilton. And so he made this, um, this visit to Dorsey and he had a, some students that weren't even involved in students deserve on there because they signed a list but they didn't really know what was going on so it was really three um of the students deserve people which was me um co-organizer amy and Sasha and students deserve and it was really us three talking back to him and he was like oh what do you guys want to say and we said our first piece and then he took up the whole rest of the we did advisory it's like an hour and 30 minutes maybe and he did the rest of it passing us out pointless papers telling us that the aclu lawyers are feeding us false information and that they don't spend um about a million dollars every two years on random searches and that we're being fed lies and that we shouldn't just believe all the paper that you're giving us and he kept asking us for like um paperwork and stuff but we didn't have that with us at school we don't have the lawyers that gave us the information there but he was basically saying that the information that we were being given and the stuff that we were doing was for nothing and that it was all lies and he even said at the end of the meeting he was like there was another student who was running down the hallways quote rah rah and about random searches and she lost her scholarship she probably didn't go to college she probably went to a community college but she didn't go to a university so he was basically saying like don't waste your time um fighting about random searches because you're gonna lose like you're not gonna go to college and all this other stuff see and a big problem was that with that is that the board thinks that we are puppets they don't understand that mm -hmm. students deserve is a student-led Again, student-led organization and that we make the decisions. Teachers do not make the decisions. Everything that has to do with students des students deserve goes through students. Yes, we have teachers who advise us, who we go f to for help to try to figure out how, um, uh, what may be the most effective way to communicate what we want. Um, but... This is a student-led organization. These are our ideas. These are our actions. These are uh, us preparing for these actions. Uh, so no one is telling us what to do. We are telling ourselves what to do. We are. Uh, this is a movement by the people, by the students. This is not just people playing with us. Okay, we have to take a break. And when we come back, we will um, continue talking about some of the different student-led movements that you guys have done in 2018 because I know we can spend the entire time talking about um, random random school searches and we most definitely going to have to have you guys come back on again so that we can keep getting an update on on what's happening. You are listening to Conversation Piece. I am your host, Angela Birdsong. 
with student leaders Marche Doss and Justin Scott Jr. and also parent leader Khalid Alamein of Students Deserve. We'll be right back. Yo, the big world keep turning like Ikes and Animes The church kitchen hustling dinners every Saturday Pull over, let me grab a plate I tend to gravitate towards our fish dinners From a styrofoam platter taste My granddaddy sported plaid Donnie Hathaway's Hustling for everything we had till he passed away When I would ask him about what path to take He used to laugh and say, no man is an island But I'm a castaway Casualties, I seen them like the French Foreign Legion On the streets, they used to carry out bizarre procedures And jean jackets and jabardidas Back when local law and B was just as soulful as orthopedics. Me Welcome back to Conversation Peace. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong, with more from student leaders Marche Doss and Justin Scott Jr. and Khalid Al Almin of Students Deserve, a grassroots coalition of students, parents, and teachers fighting for justice in education and beyond. Well, we just had a very detailed conversation about the school searches and I think this is a good time just to give to give the website um, the Facebook page and what have you because I know when people are listening to shows sometimes they like to pull up the information while, while they're listening so we want to be able to have people um, be interactive um, with with us so what is the Facebook page and the Instagram so the Instagram is LA underscore students deserve and the Facebook is the same, right? Yeah, the same. LA underscore students deserve. Um, and then you can always go to Radio Justice Facebook or to my Facebook, Angela Birdsong, and you will find their information there also. Okay. And, and um, you can look up uh, on any of these different social media platforms, our hashtag, hashtag students deserve, and all of our um, activities will pop up, uh, not only from our Instagram page, but also from organizations that we're in coalition with. So, Okay. Now, now what are some of the activities from 2018 that you guys participated in? Because I know we had the December 15th protest. Who participated in the December 15th protest? Both of us. Both of us. Both of you guys did. Okay, what was that like? What was that about? Oh, okay. So, um, December 15th was a very exciting day for all of us. Um, it was really important for our movement. It was just like, it was like building up to the strike. It's something that's like a little action that happened before we go on strike. Um, I think it was super inspirational to to be there and to see that there were so many people there 50,000 people came um I actually spoke at this um march and so when I was up there on the truck speaking I would look over and I can see people still coming like from around the way so and that was like around the end of the march and there were still people barely making it to where we were already at so and what did you speak about? Um, I spoke about the strike, 
really about how we're not going to take any more crap, how we are, we're true to our word, and we told Butner at the last school board meeting that we was going to take it to the streets if we have to, and we brought it to the streets, the literal streets, and we gave it all we got, and we're going to continue to give it all we got, and then I just helped spread it out. We're working on a, um, a social media blackout, so... We just share our Instagrams and to keep people updated following our personal Instagrams or our main page, any social media site that we have to keep people updated. And this was part of your speech on December 15th? Yes. Okay. And of course, that speech, um, Conversation Peace Family, you can see that on Students Deserve Facebook page, there's a, a video clip of Marche on their um, speaking. Yes, <laughs> there, there is, there is. Now, and then also, let's make sure everybody know who you're talking about when you say Brutner. Um, that is the Los Angeles Unified School District Superintendent, yes. Austin Brutner. Yeah. Right, okay. And also from the December 15th, you were there, Justin. Yes, it was amazing to me because um, a lot of times when you organize and you organize on a grassroots level. It's so much work that goes into events like this. And to see all of that hard work, to see all of just those people that really showed out, it was like surreal for me. Like I, I, I was in shock because I didn't understand the magnitude of, um, of that event. And so I was extremely happy. It was amazing. I was on the front lines holding the sign, chanting uh, with everybody. I got to see a lot of people from um, different organizations, BLM, Ross LA, like everybody was there. And it was amazing to see how the community, like the whole LAUSD community came together to um, support the people that teach our, the state teach us students that teach the youth, that guide the youth on the day-to-day. So um, it was very heartwarming, amazing. Now, why are you and why do students deserve supporting the strike? Okay. So students deserve is supporting the strike because, uh, for one, the strike and UTLA is um, fighting for something that we stand for as an organization. Um, The strike is mainly pushing the emphasis of community schools and the community schools model, which basically um, uh, it, it, it wants the school district to have more college counselors, therapists, a nurse that's there every day, restorative justice advisors, um, lower class sizes um, so that you don't have 50 plus students in your class uh, and, and, and stuff like this that will definitely um, aid in ending the criminalization of black and brown students. Um, So we support these teachers because um, they're fighting for stuff that we fight for. It's it's the same fight. We're part of that movement too. Um, And and teachers are the people that we interact with the most as students. So for us to not support them would be ludicrous because we are with them every single day literally monday through friday (laughs) so um we want the teachers to be happy we want the best education that we can get as students we want to be competitive uh eligible for college as black students um and 
you know, we just want the best for our community and the teachers want that too. So we have to support them in that. Now, do you guys have any classmates who are against the strike? Yes. And what are, what are they, you know, they're, they're not here to speak for themselves, but what, what can you gather there? What are, what are they, what are their, their bullet points for not supporting the strike? Um, so this person that I'm about to speak about, um, they don't support students deserve at all. So they're against ending random searches and they're, um, they don't support the strike. They don't support students deserve. Their reasons are because they feel like um, being being one of those students that are like underdogs who get teased and stuff like that, having random searches or having security around makes them feel, I guess, safer. Um, in their mind, they feel like the police there is going to protect them. And of course, we know that that's not true, but in their mind, that's something that helps them feel safe. That's something that that keeps them calm and at ease. So that's one of their reasons for for keeping it on. They don't support the strike because they feel that it is pointless. That it's nothing's going to change anyway. It's like it's not enough. We don't have enough money. We're not. We're just. We don't have a rank. We're not up there. So what we say don't matter. That's okay. how they feel. Right, right. And, you know, when I was um, doing my research, I saw that LA Unified has not had a strike since 1989. Yes. Mm-hmm. Long time. Long time. <laughs> right. That strike was long, too. It was a couple of days. Right. I, I think what I, I saw that it was, it was nine days, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. it was nine days. And then prior to that, there was a 1970 strike that lasted for 23 days. Yeah, yeah that was like, whoa. Right. Yeah. 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 So here we are going into 2019 with the strike that may occur on January 10th. Is the strike actually going to happen on January 10th or there's still some negotiating that's happening? Um, do, are you guys, do you guys know about this as students deserve? That's the date. That's the date. It's official. They announced it. UTLA announced it. That is the date of the strike. Unless the the, uh, school board decides to change anything in the next couple of days, teachers are going on strike on the 10th. They're going on strike on the 10th. So in, in addition to the strike date being firm, unless the district comes clean, let's understand that the community as a whole, a number of organizations, parents, teachers, have set in on the very first campaign negotiation that the district had with UTLA. I was privileged to be one of those who sat at the table for the first time, understanding what negotiating was all about and understanding what the UTLA was negotiating for. and. What people have to understand, you all out there have to understand is UTLA has decided to organize and campaign around issues affecting our communities, especially our schools. We want lower class sizes. We want an end to random searching. We want more counselors, librarians, social workers. We want more wellness clinics on our campus. 
to help assist with the trauma, to help assist with the mental health, emotional and social issues that we have in our community. It is not too much to ask for in this day and time. We are in the 21st century, you all. So we have to start acting like we're not back in the Stone Age. And the district wants to make sure that we all think that UTLA wants to strike behind salaries and benefits. They deserve what they're supposed to get. They are asking for exactly what they know they can get out of the budget that is out there from the state of California. So don't accept anything less. Ask the district, what do you have to make sure that our children are safe other than random searches? We as students deserve and other organizations working alongside ACLU and public council have definitely told the district that we have alternatives to this random search policy. And we are willing as a community, as a family, to work with the teachers union and the district to help implement these alternatives. And we have all faced the same thing, a closed door. So it is the district that needs to answer to us. That is our money. It is our children. It's our schools. All right, Brother Khalid. Well, along with with the strike that, that's coming up on, on January 10th, I understand that there's a, a large reserve in LA Unified School District budget, right? There's, what is it, about $1.86 something like that? Yeah, billion with a B. billion with the b and so there's so there's money so this is the money that the utla is saying this just draw from that money and provide these resources and personnel services in the schools that are lacking librarians lacking nurses and whatever else that's needed at, at the schools. So at Dorsey and Hamilton, do you guys have a nurse there? Our nurse is there on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. If you get hurt, if you get a cut um, any other day of the week, um, then you either have to get someone to call home, get a Band-Aid, or call the ambulance. That's your only options. Okay. Is there a nurse at Dorsey? Okay, so yes, we've just um, gotten a full-time nurse, so that was something, we just got a full-time nurse and a full-time librarian, but at first we didn't. So over my um, year of working with Students Deserve, we didn't have those things, and we've been pushing and pushing and pushing, and then out of nowhere, we got a full-time nurse and we got a full-time librarian. But before we had those, we only had our nurse for two to three days out of the week. Is there a psychologist at either one of your schools? Psychologists, no, but we have social workers um, at school, probation officers at school. My school is one of the only schools in LAUSD that has a restorative justice counselor on campus, um, which is a major thing that the community, community, community schools model uh, fights for. Um, and this is a counselor that uses, uh, uh, very, uh, uses healing spaces in order to, um, resolve problems, um, in order to help students combat trauma, to help students heal, and to make the best, safest learning environments for our students. 
And I think that's what we all want, right? We want to have, yeah. you know, safe um, environments, conducive environments for for the youth to to learn, mm-hmm. grow, work hard, play hard, right? And just and 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 be and be children, right? Right. Right. right? Without having to put your hands on your desk. We're not criminals. Right. Yeah. Right. You are not criminals. We're not criminals. No. Okay, well, this this time is going by just too fast, you guys. Oh, my goodness. This is going too fast for New Year's Day. This is New Year's Day. Oh, my goodness. Can you guys believe it's the first day of 2019? All right. Well, you are listening to Conversation Piece on Radio Justice Morning Wake Up Call. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with student leaders, Marche Doss and Justin Scott, and parent leader, Khalid Al-Amin of students deserve and they do deserve better we'll be right back heads up eyes open the fist clinch y'all know who this is now we do this this is the chairman fred hampton jr that is making history taking history and taping history free of all radio live and direct on radiojustice.org student needs over corporate greed Welcome back to Conversation Piece on RJLA. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with guest student leaders, Marche Doss and Justin Scott Jr., and parent leader, Khalid Al-Alim. We, we've covered a lot of ground today, and I want to make sure that we go to Saturday, October 27th, that major action that you guys had um, at the LA Unified School District Superintendent Austin Bruner um, fundraiser that was hosted in Pacific Palisades. And who was there that day? Um, I was. You were there? Yes. Okay. Justin, were you, did you organize this? Was this one of the things that you organized? Yes, I, I helped organize this event. I strategized with my comrades. Um, who, the people that joined Marche were... Um, their names were Seisha and Nilima, um, two very strong student leaders. Uh, and yeah, they were assisted by Mr. Shoham and other Deepti, yeah, <laughs> and other leaders in the movement with us. So yes. Okay, so this was this was a fundraiser in Pacific Palisades, and you guys were given tickets to attend knowing that you were going to stop in the middle of a beef, middle in the middle of the dinner or in the beginning of the dinner to to protest mm-hmm. and to protest for what to protest for community schools and to end random searches this um this dinner that we attended was to talk about um, Butner's vision, his future vision for public education, but his vision doesn't help the students. Like we came there to show them that what our vision was, that his vision was total BS and our vision is the correct way to go about it. And we really decided that that was the place to get him to listen to us because now, after that event, we know that we will always have him looking over his shoulder because he don't know when or where we might pop up because if we did it before, we could do it again. And so, and that event was like closed. That was a fundraising event, $3,000 for a ticket. So 
if we could get into that, then he should know by now that if we're really determined that we can get into anywhere. So that really has him looking over his shoulder about that. Also, um, like I said before, his vision, his future vision for public education is completely wrong compared to ours. And here is all these people who work and who are supposed to work in education. So we're giving them our perspective on it. So originally, when we went in there, we we're like, we're going to disrupt this dinner. And then we got in there and it was like, it was something that kind of shocked us because it wasn't what we were planned for. We were planned for like a big room all the way to the to the back being maybe sad at the back just in case anybody knew who we were but um that didn't happen it was like almost like they planned that we were going to do this the house had like so we were set up we were separated by gems so we had like rubies and sapphires and that was the table that you sat at so if you had a sapphire little red dot on you then you would go sit with that table and you would go sit with wherever you were. So and this was somebody's private home in Pacific Palisades. Yes. So, you know, and I, I saw the video. And so what, what we're trying to do is is sort of create um, the, the visual for for the listening audience. You're you're going into someone's home. It's a large large home. Multi million dollar home. <laughs> yeah. Multi million dollar home. Because of course, if you're paying three thousand dollar a plate, you do not want to go to my home in Inglewood. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to the right. big, you know, house in, in Pacific Palisades for a three thousand dollar ticket. Mm-hmm. But you guys were thinking that it was going to be like a like one large room, mm-hmm. but instead, the house was set up in you know in the different rooms in the house. Mm-hmm. Where they had the the tables and you know the the cloth tables and and the the, the dining setup for 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 a sit down dinner, yeah. and you guys were um, you know so everybody's hobnobbing, having cocktail re- um, conversation and what have you, and there you guys are sitting at the table and and of course um, Radio Justice Family will will let you know where to go and see this video. Um, you for, for for yourself and and I see that you guys were talking amongst yourselves mm-hmm. saying okay now we're, okay we're gonna do it now we're gonna do it now and then you guys stand up and what happens okay so before we decide to do it before we have it was just something about just fate the destiny the the universe the world has a really funny sense of humor Buner actually got sat but he got seated at our table. Like he sat there right across from us. And we were like, oh crap. So what do we do now? Cause we were planning on walking up to him and we had this whole, like um, we had a whole mapped out way of going. Like if he was sitting right here, then we were gonna do this. We, we drew it out. We had everything, we thought we had everything planned out and then boom, curveball. And he sits at our table. So it's like, now what do we do? Do we just talk to him? But then everybody else can't hear. And so one of the teachers get caught recording, like what's happening live streaming on Facebook. And this woman that sits next to Buner is like, what are you doing? That's completely rude to be recording in someone's home. And then she starts talking to him. And then it's like, we got to do this. And so um, I, I was sitting down and I was talking and then it was like, oh, wait, we can't hear you. And so we all stood up that moment and we started talking about it and Butner walked away. And so we moved to the side um, of the building so that um, for our room, our section, we moved to the side so that everyone can see us. And that 
is um, when we started talking and he realized like, oh, it would be a mistake for him to run away. So he walked away and he stood like kind of towards the front where he can make an exit when we weren't looking, which is what he did. And he stood right there and he was listening to us. But the people that were sitting at the the um the people who actually owned the house we got into a back and forth with them and they wanted us to be quiet and sit down and wait till it was actually time to talk about that but we knew that we already started this and so we're going to finish it and so we kept talking but then we had people who looked like us other black people who were like oh like be quiet no one can hear you so it doesn't matter anyway and that was something that was like I know you did not just say that. And then so we started speaking loud and she was like, it doesn't matter. The music's too loud anyway. And then at the front table again, then there's somebody talking about some, well, I can't eat my food and this, this and that. And then her husband's like, be quiet. It's none of your business. She's like, no, but that's rude. And you can hear it in the video. She's having that conversation. It's like, I can't even eat. And then um, there's this other person, owner of the house. And he's like, well, I feel uncomfortable because you're standing like, over me and my um co-organizer Seisha she's tall and so he's sitting down but she was just standing behind him she wasn't hovering over him like what are you gonna do like she wasn't doing that and he was just like oh well you're making me uncomfortable and that was something that was like what she's tall and of course you know the color of our skin she's black so. so it was Right. So so now, of course, you went there with the intentions to protest. Yes. OK, well, we all know that a protest is not going to make people feel comfortable. Of course. So so yeah. so so what, what I what I want to get into is you guys mindset, because when I saw the video, I was thinking how brave and courageous these students are to go and stand on what they believe in to go into the lion's den and to say no in school random searches stop this fund this and to receive the response that you did from adults it it was it was um it was heartbreaking to, to see that there was no adult there to comfort you and to cheer you on to who didn't understand you guys as students. Whether you agree with the protest or not, you guys are students. You guys are youth. Give you your platform to do what you need to do. And it doesn't matter if my green beans are getting cold. Because that's what they, you know, when I saw the, you know, in Conversation Peace Family, you guys will look at the video yourself and, and, and draw your own conclusions. But they seem to be more concerned about their dinner being cold and that this is not the appropriate time to have this conversation. A protest is not supposed to be done at an appropriate time. It's to get the attention of the people who are supposed to make change the people to get their attention to to change policy and to hear what you have to say. Now, where did you guys learn how to do this protesting? Where, how do you get trained to do this? 
because this wasn't just something that you just thought of the day of and then showed up there. Um, so uh, we are in coalition with a lot of different organizations. And one of the biggest um, people that we work with a lot is Black Lives Matter. Um, so we have met with Miss um, Patrice Concolors and Miss um, Melina Abdullah and, and uh, all those different good folks that have really taught us what it means to uh, have a an action what it means to have a direct action so so um you know we we've been through this training with these great leaders and we've learned a lot um over the past couple of years uh from holding our own actions you know um learning from each action after every action we debrief as a as a movement as a group and we assess everything that happened that was good everything that was not so good um, and things that we could really improve on. So this action was definitely um, one that we built up to um, and one that was amazing. And I, I just want to say something really quick. Um, one crazy thing about this action, this demonstration at, at the house is that Students Deserve has talked to the school board numerous times, literally have been in front of them at meetings, uh, like they see our faces so the fact that they that Butner didn't even recognize any of the students that were in there and he sat at the same table with them when we have seen him multiple times is absolutely ridiculous that shows just how disconnected he is from the people who he is supposed to uh, help cultivate and the people he's supposed to help grow and it, it just shows that he literally pays no attention to nobody that is talking at these school board meetings which is supposed to be the most direct way to communicate with board members the most direct way to hear what the community needs so the fact that the superintendent of of public education in LAUSD is not even is not even uh listening to these demands it, it really that's what broke me mentally i was like wow so we just going to these school board meetings you, you're not even looking at our faces you're invisible yeah we are invisible so do you out there understand what justin just said i mean let that sink in for a minute a financial investment bank whatever you want to call him is now in charge of the second largest public education school district in the country. He is now sitting as the superintendent making major decisions with our tax money and he's not paying attention to our children who are sitting in our schools. Let that register for a minute. At some point in time, you have to give a damn and say enough is enough. If our children have to go to the extreme, and let me tell you something, they weren't alone, because I was outside at the valet parking, along with at least 60 to 70 other parents, organizers, and teachers who were handing out flyers as individuals were exiting their cars and going into the event. So we know we were out there about what was going on. So they weren't alone just to do an action. We were all in it together. And we had a profound effect because as people were leaving, we heard what was said in there. And we heard 
that they weren't there for the reasons that they thought they were brought there for. So let that sink in for a minute. Our children have to do what they have to do to make sure that they get the schools that they deserve. So you guys partner with with different organizations and you get some great hands-on training on how to go and do these major actions and protests. Is this something that you also obtain at the Youth Leadership Institute? So you learn what we learn um, throughout actions and everything. We become people who have participated in actions, become facilitators, and we speak on pieces that what from what we know of and what it means to be a leader and how do you lead and like we do um action uh snapshots movement snapshots of what we talk about the past movements and how we um incorporate stuff that they've done already into what we do when we we incorporate stuff from um black lives matter with uh with um divest and invest and we we take um, stuff from the Black Panthers with our button campaign. We we do a lot of um, work. We take a lot of work from the past and put it into our movement today. And we show students how to do that. And we help students start their own chapters at their schools. We help students be more involved. We teach them about how they can do outreach. We come up with all these ideas as students and we work on them together and we work through any questions and problems. We try and figure them out right there on the spot as a collective group with everybody that is there so that we have an answer. And um, I did an internship with Students Deserve, which is how I learned a lot of my leadership Um my leadership training through um, Students Deserve Internship, but also through the institutes that um, I've been to and through the organizations that I've been through, which is why we encourage students to come out um, for January 4th Institute and any other institutes that we have and actions to support and help them do social media training and know your rights training so that they can participate fully with Students Deserve and not you know, not know what they're doing, you know, not try and go pass out a flyer and have someone tell them that they can't do something when they really can, but they don't know everything. That's what these institutes are for, to help them become better leaders, to help them um, to be a part of Students Deserve in more ways than one, to become an organizer and not just someone who supports the movement, but to actually organize. And this is the Youth Leadership Institute that's going to occur on January 4th. Yes. Where, where is it going to be? The address is 3651 South Vermont Avenue. 3651 South Vermont Avenue, Los Angeles, California. Um, and that's... What's the time? It, it is from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, it sounds long, but really, when you organize, time flies, and we're a community, so it's fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> and what's the name of the of the the, the church, the the location? Sure. Okay, so we're talking about St. Mark's Church at thirty six fifty one South Vermont in Los Angeles, ten a.m. to three p.m. on January fourth, for the students deserve Youth Leadership Institute. Who can come to this? Uh, students. We want students all across LAUSD in particular, but especially if you're from um, other school districts. Uh, this is a student-led movement, and we want everyone to um, 
be there for one another. We want everyone to support one another. Uh, and this is our issue. So students definitely should come out. Um, it's going to be dope. We're going to have food. Uh, they always feed us. We always feed everyone. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, come through. We would love to have you. Even if you've never heard of us, um, we're very welcoming. Um, oh, yeah, and charter schools, too. Everyone, come out, please. Um, not only uh, public schools, but this is a student led organization we want to be there to advocate for all students no matter where you come from no matter what school district you in that none of that matters just come utilize your voice and fight for what you all deserve as students um also bring a friend yes please bring a friend okay justin how did you get connected with students deserves so i had the uh i've always been in spaces where i've learned about activism and black history um, throughout my life. I've been in constant, um, you know, unlearn, relearn programs and, and, and different organizations that go by that model in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and I got into activism through the, the murder of Freddie Gray. Um, around that time, I was in ninth grade. I was still in Baltimore and, uh, the city was 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 going crazy like it was I, I remember the day that um the day that everyone really found out about what happened to Freddie Gray um they shut down the bus station like the biggest bus station so no one could get home from school uh people were stranded uh the city was in an uproar there were youth out stomping down police cars like that's probably something i will never ever forget um but so that's how i got into activism and then when i moved to california in my sophomore year of high school i was looking for more pathways th through activism because i realized once i moved here that the black struggle in baltimore was the same exact struggle that's here um the education system is something that we have to fight nationwide something that we have to um constantly advocate for ourselves um for so um I, I just looked for organizations that uh did that for me and and allowed me to utilize my voice and i, I came across two amazing 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 uh people um Ziggy and Alexis, um, they're twins. They're amazing youth. Um, Ziggy is at Howard and Alexis is at some school in New York. I can't remember, but basically they were student leaders and they introduced me to everyone. Uh, I went to my first general assembly and I fell in love with it, with our Asada chant that we do. Um, so yeah, it was just amazing for me. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you guys for the work that you do for public education in LA Unified School District and not just here because what you're doing is catching like wildfire and it's gonna spread across the state, across the nation and into other countries also that students can take hold of their educational goals at the schools that they're in. And that's just so important how brave and courageous that you guys are. Thank you to my conversation piece, guests of Student Deserves, Khalid Alim, Marche Doss, and Justin Scott Jr. for letting Conversation Piece audience know 
why students deserve much better. Thank you to Leslie Radford, the powerful force behind RGLA, Adam Rice, program director, Joseph Tucker, engineer, Michael Washington of MWatch Soul for the opening and closing theme song, and always you, our RJLA family. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love.